Hey folks, Brian Howard here. On today's show, I have a good friend, Myron Tetro. He's a longtime training friend of ours. Um, we used to do a little, we still do a lot of um, running, biking, swimming, mostly running and swimming these days with Myron. Um, but Myron and I had just spent a couple of weeks trekking with our wives and another friend, Bruce, um, to Everest Base Camp. And um, Myron's a longtime friend. He's a very uh, strong community advocate. Uh, he has a real love for, and uh, passion for Alberta and Calgary and everything around this area of the world. A beautiful family. And um, without further ado, here's our uh, conversation with Myron, his involvement in, in, in sort of a startup career as a young lawyer to sort of more into business as a real estate guy. And a lot of he's done a lot of work with the Weber Academy and um, lots of other organizations around, endurance athlete, and enjoy this show with Myron. Hey friends, welcome to another edition. It's been a while um, of Calgary Living Real Estate Lifestyle. Today I have a good friend, a good training buddy. From a, we have a similar coach in uh, critical speed, Myron Tetro. Myron, welcome to the show. Thanks, Brian. It's an honor and a privilege. Um, Myron, I was telling Shirley just ten minutes ago how um, you know she asked me how my Zoom appointments went this today this afternoon, and I said, well, I, X Y Z happened, and now I'm meeting Myron at, at you know ten minutes, and she goes, who who's Myron? I go. Well, he went to Nepal with us. <laughs> and she goes, oh, she goes, you know, I often think of Myron and his nice smile. Well, I'm glad <laughs> that's such said, an impression. <laughs> and then she said, I miss them. And she goes, and I go, his, Myron's nice smile. And she goes, yeah, especially when his daughter would call. <laughs> I thought that was so nice because I actually remarked that as well when Pascal would call while you and I were recently in Nepal together uh, trekking and um, and uh, you know your daughter who's very close uh, would call and man Myron just returned into this sponge of kindness and niceness <laughs> not that you aren't all the time anyway Myron again thanks for being on the show um, we just got back from Nepal you and I we did. We had a wonderful trip with our wives and uh, another friend, Bruce, uh, hiking up to Everest Base Camp, and it was fantastic. We'll have to uh, we'll we'll dig down a little bit on how that all happened, but Myron, um, this is a show on Calgary living um a little bit, and uh, and you've been in Calgary a long time. Can you tell us a little bit about um how you happened to land in Calgary? I think there was twice that you've landed in Calgary. Sure. Well, I was born in Calgary. Uh, my father was a, a high school teacher at St. Francis High School years ago, and so I was born here. We lived here up until I was about eight years old, other than one year when we went, uh, my dad took a sabbatical for a year, and we lived in Aix-en-Provence, France, which is where I did my, my kindergarten. Uh, we came back to Calgary, and then when I was in grade three, my father got a, a job with uh, in Saskatchewan, and, and we moved out there. And so I, I lived in Regina from uh, the age of eight up until the end of high school. Then I went to university in Ottawa. I did a, a business degree there, took a year off, went traveling, uh, did three years of law school in Saskatoon. And then when I graduated, decided I wanted to be back in Calgary and uh, moved here in 1992. And I've been here since then. 
And so in 1992, um, and was your family here when you came back? They were not. They they stayed in Saskatchewan. Okay, good. And um, and it seems to me that, that um, in the uh, and how did you decide Calgary? Here you're uh, in. Um, you, I guess actually was had you already met your your wife at that in at, in, in uh, U of Ottawa? I had not. Uh, actually, that's a longer story. We were actually in grade. Uh, one and two together here in Calgary, but uh, we only met uh, a few years after I moved back to Calgary. Um, she was a lawyer in town as well. Uh, but no, I moved here because I was interested in um, business and uh, initially in the area of business law. And I felt mm -hmm. that Calgary was a good place for that with the number of head offices, with a very entrepreneurial feel to the city. Um, I thought it would be a good place for me to launch a career. Did, um, uh, when you think back to that time, 1992, um, I graduated from university in 1990. And um, at that time, in my perspective, as a I was studying recreation. So we're certainly coming from different backgrounds and mindsets probably at the time. Um, there wasn't really any work. In 92, there'd be a little bit more work. I mean, in actually Canada-wide, my grad class, like there was like just no jobs for, I actually it's municipal recreation is kind of what we were trained for. Um, and so, um, uh, how about it? You in 1992? Did was Vancouver? Was Toronto other options? Or what, like, why did it? Why did you pick Calgary in the end? Was it the, the Alberta advantage? Certainly didn't exist at that time. I don't think did it. Um, I, I was interested in Calgary. Um, you know, partly from having fond memories of when I was younger, uh, and also you know when I was in law school, the the law firms would come to recruit when we were in second year. Uh, I did interviews with some firms in Calgary and I actually had a job lined up, um, you know, prior to graduating from law school. So I uh, came out here to start that job with a, a law firm called Bennett Jones and uh, they had an active, busy uh, practice and it was an opportunity for me to jump in uh, to work with some intelligent people on some very interesting files. I, I uh, enjoyed it and, and kind of jumped right into it when I got here. Cool. Very cool. And um Tell us a little bit about, um, I mean, I know you're very involved in, in the mountains and the outdoors at that time, like early, like most of the 90s. Um, and um, tell us about some of your first real estate decisions um, in Calgary. Is, uh, yeah, where did you end up living when you moved here in 92? Um, was it the neighborhood that you, like your early life part? Or uh, how did you choose that neighborhood coming out of uh, law school from Ottawa? Uh, yeah, well, um, I mean, coming out of university, I did not have the funds to buy a house. I uh, ended up renting um, a townhouse with three roommates who were friends from law school. Uh, we lived up near the Shaganapi Golf Course. And then eventually I um, uh, purchased a house with a roommate. And then when, when I got married, my wife and I uh, bought a house in uh, Elbow Park. And that's uh, where our first house was. Oh, very nice. And um, so... Um, you're so you've always lived south of the Bow River? <laughs> yes. Is there a reason? I mean, I, do, you think, do you think there's any truth in Calgarians either live on the north of the Bow River or the south of the Bow River? And that tends to be where their life is? Yeah, I, I guess I should back up from that. We, we did live in Varsity Acres when I was younger. Was I thought that. Yeah. Yes. And then so for a short period of time when I had uh, a roommate, we lived uh, north of the river as well. Uh, but for a long time, I have been south. I don't necessarily see that as the big divider for me. Uh, yeah. But Elbow Park was a great neighborhood for us. It was, you know, inner city, close to, to downtown. And, you know, work was an important uh, thing at that time. And uh, like that neighborhood. 
And then we eventually, later on, once uh, we had our third child and we needed a little bit more space, uh, we moved into Discovery Ridge and uh, a little bit further in the Southwest. And that was a, a, a nice neighborhood for many years. We just recently sold there, but lived there for a long time. Uh, enjoyed Griffith Woods. Uh, you know, it was very easy access to Bragg Creek and to the mountains and, uh, and uh, so a nice family-friendly neighborhood. What was it like moving from that older inner city neighborhood to uh, Discovery Ridge? I think you, um, as I remember, you moved there in, I think, 2007. And uh, the community was fairly new, I think, 2004 and stuff was being built up. Well, how was that in terms of um, a, 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 an adjustment or transition? Obviously, lots of families and young kids, which your, your kids were in that age. Yeah, I mean, it was uh, very much more suburban than, of course, uh, the, the other area. And um, uh, we, uh, I guess, liked it. There's less traffic. There were a lot of young kids on the street that we lived on. And so, you know, our, our kids developed friends in the neighborhood. And as I mentioned, uh, the recreational aspect, it was a, a really good spot for running and for cycling uh, uh, in the areas around there and then easy access to the mountains, which we often went to on the weekends. Nice. Um, Myron, um, obviously, I'm very interested in real estate. You have some interesting real estate stories. Um, can you tell us a little bit about um, maybe some of your first investments in downtown Calgary? I mean, parking lots, we are just like mm -hmm. shocking a little bit. And actually, and relating that to the boom and bust economy that we have in Calgary, can you kind of touch base on those two points and maybe around the same story, I, I suppose, as I understand it, and you're telling me in Nepal? Yeah, um, so real estate has been a big part of, uh, of my business career. Um, when I left the practice of law in 1998, I went into to, to business full time and in a number of areas. And one of the aspects that uh, I've devoted a lot of energy in is, is in the real estate side. And so I have a, a real estate company called Fitzroy Developments with two business partners that we started back in uh, 2003. And our first purchase was a, um, a package of, of uh, six parking lots. Uh, in Park at the time had been sold to a private equity group. And they were moving away from ownership of their parking lots to just simply managing them, uh, managing the lots. And so they put these up for sale. We bid on it. We were successful. Uh, we were able to renegotiate the parking contracts, which bumped the income on them. And our plan was to hold them for, you know, indefinitely as a, as a source, source of income. Uh, and then I guess shortly after that, things started uh, picking up with the development uh, in in the areas where they were. We had uh, parking lots in Calgary, Edmonton, and Regina. And over the course of the next number of years, we had opportunities to you know, sell them not as parking lots, but as development sites into other projects. And that was really what sort of gave us a base of capital to uh, expand into other areas of real estate. And um, what do you like most about Calgary? Well, um, uh, definitely the, the, I think it's a great place to do business. I mentioned before, you know, there's never head offices here. They're, you know, the downtown core, uh, and, you know, obviously with some boon and boss, but generally has been a very vibrant place to work. Uh, there is an entrepreneurial spirit, you know, unlike other cities where there tends to be more generational wealth. And uh, um, here, I think a lot of people are entrepreneurs, people who came from um, humble beginnings and uh, moved here, worked hard and, and were successful. And I liked that spirit in Calgary. And so as part of that, I guess I also you know, met my wife here and, and uh, built our family and uh, really enjoy the community. I'm fortunate to have uh, lots of great friends and, uh, and that's been a big part of Calgary as well. The uh, 
areas beautiful I mean, we go our kids were big into downhill ski racing we spent a lot of time on the mountains doing that and as you know i've got into the triathlons and uh, and trail running and and calgary is an absolutely uh, fantastic place for that you know both within the city you have areas like fish creek you have nose hill even griffith woods which was near our, our place uh, along the river downtown there's but there's so many great running paths within the city and then you're just a you know a short drive away to Bragg Creek, Cam or to Banff, and those areas where there's just a world of possibilities of places to go running and uh, other types of recreation. Exactly. Um, Myron, something that, that I, I actually one of the things I love about Calgary is actually um, is is like the sport, the health, the wellness, uh, the outdoors kind of thing. But the other kind of cool thing that I kind of remark on there's a lot of fast guys and women. But in our age group, I mean, we're kind of like the, well, not, no, we well, like between, between 40 and 60. Any comment on that? I mean, you're a big part of that group. Well, I'm thinking specifically about the Bow Hair, uh, what is it, the Bow Valley Harriers. Um, and I, I mean, it's just like, it's kind of fascinating at how many, well, you know, maybe amateur kind of Canadian titles that a lot of our colleagues, uh, similar age, um, have. And do, can you just talk a little bit on that, maybe? I mean, I know you're a big part of that community and uh, have lots of friends from Ken Young to Jody to Coach Kalzorowski. Yeah, I think Calgary, there's uh, definitely a, a part of the community is that it has this culture of sport. And uh, I think a number of reasons, certainly the history of the 1988 Olympics and some of the legacy facilities that were left here from that. Um, lots of great training places uh, in, in Calgary. And I don't know, I think that, you know, that young entrepreneurial spirit translated in, also into people that want to challenge themselves in other ways. And, mm -hmm. and we see that in Calgary with there are a number of sports that have, uh, you know, uh, their head offices for those sports associations here. And you have a number of Olympic athletes, you know, training in, you know, uh, particularly winter sports, you know, in that Canmore, Calgary area, uh, and a number of schools that are dedicated to that. So I think there's some support for the sport and uh you know i think communities been built on themselves when you have a core of people that are doing it uh it attracts other people and i think we're fortunate to have just a really great group of people in that running swimming triathlon community in calgary that you're also part of mm -hmm. um that makes it fun to be part of yeah yeah it's really about i mean you know we do these things uh but it's actually about the people we do it with and you know we have these experiences um but yeah i, I just love that about where we live um, Myron, I can't help. I want to talk a little bit, maybe about your own kids. Tell us about your kids and, um, and maybe can relate it a little bit to, uh, I guess, you know, choosing their schools in later life and all your involvement with Weber Academy. And, um, uh, you've been very involved and, but like really helped not only, I mean, that's one group of organization that I know of that you've helped. Um, and, uh, but in terms of land acquisition and development that, what, tell us a little bit about, well, maybe your kids and, um, and the school they went to and uh, what's going on with, uh, what's exciting about all that land stuff that you've done, like completely unrelated to anything we've already spoke about. Yeah. Uh, well, I have four kids, three boys and a girl. Uh, our youngest is a daughter and she just graduated from high school. She's off at university in Concordia. Uh, our oldest son graduated from University of Calgary with a mechanical engineering degree and uh, my second son, uh, is studying accounting, and the third son is uh, studying finance. Um, they're, they're both in Calgary here as well. Um, so they were active growing up as well, involved with a lot of sports. They did uh, 
swimming and karate and other things when they're younger. Uh, and then all four of them did ski racing. So we spent a lot of time um, out in the Canmore area. Our home club was the uh, um, Bow Valley uh, Club out of Norquay, uh, Banff Alpine Racers. And so we spent a lot of years uh, taking our kids out there with ski racing and they've, they've, they've stayed active in those kinds of things. Um, when our, both my wife and I come from a French background. So when we, the kids were younger, we sent them to the Catholic Francophone school called St. Marguerite Bourgeois. And they went there up until about the uh, grade eight. It varied a little bit by kid. And then um, they went to high school and, uh, at Weber Academy and they grad graduated from there. Now, Weber Academy is a school that was founded by my uncle, Neil Weber. And uh, mm -hmm. when it was being founded, I was working as a lawyer at the time. And I helped him with the establishment of that school and sat on the board of the, the school itself for about 20 years. And then uh, a few years ago, we broke it into two pieces. We established an endowment for the school and I, I chair that endowment. Um, so I've spent lots of time over the years working with them. And I remember early on when we started the school, the first three years, we rented a facility um, in North Calgary, just off of uh, uh, Center Street. And we quickly outgrew that space. And so we were looking for uh, an area and we did a lot of studies uh, of what would be the right spot for a new private school. And we ended up choosing Southwest Calgary. And we had an opportunity to buy 42 acres of land just to the west of uh, the West Side Recreation Center there and in, in, uh, near the Aspen area. But at the time it was, uh, it was outside of the city limits. It was farmland uh, and of course, over the last 20 plus years, 25 years, I guess, uh, things have grown up around there and it's now part of a vibrant community, but we we're very fortunate to acquire that land. And then over the course of its existence, they've expanded the facilities there a number of time, it, times. It started with the main school and then we added a, a kinder center. And then the next wave, I think we added a high school building. Uh, and then we also finally added a, um, uh, a performing arts theater. And so Wonderful school, great facilities, and uh, they built a, a science center there for the high school uh, kids as well. And then um, as we uh, looked towards the future, a few years ago, we wanted to see if there was an, uh, a, a piece of land that we could buy in Springbank that would allow us to expand the school uh, in the future. And uh, we were looking for um, a smaller piece of land, but as it turn, turned out, we had an opportunity to buy a bigger piece of land and uh, took advantage of that. And so the school right now is in the process of on that land, uh, building out an athletic park that will um, uh, host, it, it already hosts a, a baseball club, but will also uh, you know, be a great uh, facility for the neighborhood and the area as well. And uh, so the initial phase of that athletic park involves four baseball diamonds, two soccer fields and a 50,000 square foot field house. And the field house will have, uh, you know, uh, batting cages, pitching analysis, weight rooms, uh, and then the top floor will be adding some uh, multi-purpose rooms, including a robotics lab for the high school. So we're very excited about that. And uh, that's uh, being in the construction phase over the last year or two here. And we're getting just close to, to finishing, it, finishing it now. The two baseball diamonds are finished and the, uh, the field house will be officially open in sometime in a few months. Hmm. It's um, it's cool to me uh, how involved you are in a really number of projects, but a community. Um, I remember you telling me um, actually uh, maybe sort of relating a little a little bit back to community, like thinking local and acting global, or uh, you know being somewhat global as well. Um, the um, 
you, you told me a little bit of years ago, your dad was a teacher, uh, I think 10 years or so ago, you and your dad, for whatever reason, decided to go to Nepal. And um, I think you built a school or, you know, and, and or have been supporting books or, you know, in Nepal. Tell us a little bit about your involvement, maybe, you know, internationally and uh, how you're giving back, you know, to communities like that one. Well, you know way too much about me, Brian. Uh, <laughs> I know some I of those, you. I, I just like some pieces. Um, as you mentioned, we have been involved in some community activities. And um, a few years ago, my wife and I set up a foundation. And uh, But prior to that, with my uh, business partners from our real estate company, we had decided to, uh, uh, to do uh, some charitable activities. And uh, we partnered up with a, a charity out of San Francisco called Room to Read that back mm -hmm. in, in that time was uh, uh, building schools and libraries around the world. And, and they actually started in, in Nepal and their, their founder uh, was a fellow named John Wood who had a, a chance to meet and uh, just felt a lot of kinship with him. We had uh, some similarities in our story. We had both been backpacking in Nepal when we were uh, universities or earlier in our life, I guess, and, uh, and saw that some of the needs over there. And so we, through Room to Read, uh, uh, decided to build a school there in 2009, and we dedicated it to our parents. And so for me, it was uh, a trip that I did with my father. We went to the opening of that school, and it was just a great bonding trip and uh, uh, an opportunity for us to, to, to share that together. Yeah, that's awesome. And then you ended up going to, flying into Lukla, I believe, and doing a trek with your dad to Nancy Bazaar. Correct, yeah. Which, we covered uh, part of the same ground on our recent trip there. Right, I was going to say, like, which are very familiar to me all of a sudden. Myron, let's, um, let's talk a little bit about, um, uh, and let our audience know um, a little bit about how I happened, or how you happened, or, and well, you and Catherine, and then how I happened to, uh, what's your perspective? How did Shirley and I and Bruce happen to come along with you guys to Nepal? Let's just share that from your yeah, perspective. Sure. I mean, of course, you and I have known each other for over 10 years. As you mentioned at the opening of the show, we, we have a common coach Cal Zarescu who trained with a group called Critical Speed and uh, so we've known each other from that and then when we recently decided to make the move uh, to, to sell our house in Calgary we hired you as our real estate agent and uh, <laughs> it was uh, a tour de force performance where uh, everything just went absolutely perfectly in terms of how you'd want a sale to go I think we we picked the right timing we did you know we had spoken probably six months in advance with the idea that we uh, had planned to sell our house. And so we had met with my wife and I, and we talked through, you know, what the market looked like and some of the things that we could do to prepare our house for that sale. And then uh, uh, in the lead up to it, before we actually did the listing, uh, of course, we completed some of those things. And then we prepped the market a little bit by speaking to some of the agents in the neighborhood. Uh, it was a time where there was quite a bit of demand. Uh, it was a little bit before the busier spring season, and we thought we would get ahead of that. And we let people know that this was going to come up for sale. And it was really remarkable the way it played out. I mean, we listed that, that house at, uh, uh, I think, 7 p.m. on a Monday. And by 7.30, you had six or seven calls with uh, several of them insisting on seeing the house that night. Uh, there, there were a few showings on the very first evening. Uh, we got uh, immediately an unconditional offer above list price. Uh, asked them to leave it open for 24 hours. And then we looped back with everyone else who had expressed interest. And it turned into a bidding war amongst uh, some parties that uh, uh, really wanted the house. And uh, you know, eventually within 24 hours, we ex accepted uh, a, a, an offer well above list unconditionally. So we were just thrilled with the way that happened. And uh, 
So to celebrate our successful transaction, Catherine and I invited you and Shirley to go for a hike. So uh, I can't remember which hike we did, but we went out to somewhere around Canmore yep. and you came in and visited us here in Canmore went for a hike and we were telling you about our plans to go hiking in Nepal and that we were you know, open to uh, having some people join us. And you guys immediately jumped on that. I think within a few days said, we're in. And uh, we, we finished off the planning of that trip and then ended up inviting your friend Bruce. And six months later, I guess, we, uh, we did our trip. Yeah, it's, it's such an interest. And thank you for sharing the story. But my, I really, our great work in getting your home sold. Um, and, and that wasn't where I really was going with it. But I'm so glad you told everybody. And most every transaction I do is just like that one. <laughs> had to share that story because you, you can't get so much. much much better success than that in the sale of a home. I remember sitting uh, with you and Catherine in Canmore after our hike. And I think that was when you told me you were going to Nepal. And I was like, I kind of looked across the table and I was like, just like, well, can I come or can we come? I kind of said, I think it was like, I, I don't think I waited for your invitation. And uh, <laughs> it was just kind of like, what is like, well, how are you doing that? And you're like, yeah, we kind of self-organized it. You're using a Nepalese supplier um, through a, you know, contact of yours who had, you know, summited Everest in the late nineties, I believe. And um and like, you know, it seemed quite affordable and like in terms of the, you know, what we were getting. And um, and so, yeah, Shirley and I, I think immediately said yes. And then I had to like, you know, kind of push Shirley a little bit, just a little bit, because she's not terribly really interested in Southeast Asia as a, as a Canadian. And her background is like, um, she loves Canada and our climate and, uh, you know, Southeast Asia kind of scares her a little bit, but what a, what a great uh, opportunity. And actually, I kind of want to relate it a little bit to you as a planner and you and Catherine as planners. And, um, and I find I'm finding like just personally uh, later as, as I become, you know, the age we're at, I'm really starting to realize I'm not a good planner. I'm not a great planner at this kind of activity. So I really need like a friend like you who's doing this. And then I'm like, I think I'm a willing and active and good participant. <laughs> Any thoughts on that, Myron? Why are you uh, a good planner? Well, I don't know. I, I would say actually your friend or our friend now, Bruce, uh, put us all to shame in that regard once he jumped on That's board. Uh, yeah, I don't think he'd mind me sharing that uh, our uh, Nepalese guide uh, in a friendly way dubbed him uh, Mr. Many Emails. <laughs> right. Bruce of many emails. Yeah. Yes. But uh, no, I think uh, you know, I was fortunate that uh, uh, I had been there before. So I had some familiar with the country. I was able to get a uh, contact through a, a friend who had been there, as you mentioned, and, and then the group there helped us plan, plan the trip. And I think traveling has been a big part of my, my life right from when I was young, um, playing sports as a kid, did some traveling, and then in university had an opportunity to do a couple of uh, longer backpacking trips in university. And, uh, you know, through that have continued that love of travel. And so, you know, when, once you've done that a little bit, you think of the things you need to, to uh, plan in order to do those trips. And we just put, put that together for Nepal and everything worked out really well. It We're very, awesome. very for, fortunate uh, with some of the decisions we made to be able to get in to the Everest region, even though the weather was not great. And um, yeah, it was, it just turned out yeah, as, as expected. And we had a, had a great trip. What a great trip. Um, that leads me again to like, um, actually, uh, so when I was a young uh, high school student, I was very involved with the International Red Cross. And um, 
1985 was the year I was graduating from high school, probably yours as well, I think, we're exactly similar age. And then, um, and that year, I don't know if you remember, was International Year of the Youth. And um, there was a big, a lot of slogan, especially around the Red Cross that I was involved in. It was a think, um, uh, think global, act local. And so I, and, and to me is a bit of a buzzword and, you know, has been uh, a bit of a buzzword, you know, for years. And um, I think a lot of people talk about that, about um, uh, thinking global and acting, you know, local. But I think, uh, I, I actually just want to commend you on being that person who is doing that. And so what was so great about traveling with you folks is um, to Nepal was your involvement in um, like the community locally. Um, you know, you, uh, you and Catherine uh, braved a wicked rainstorm. Um, thank God you're still with us in some ways. Um, and a, a long drive to visit the school that your family, uh, you know, had helped, uh, you know, and you had helped build um, um, in 2009. But then, you know, we've sat out with you, we sought out opportunities in uh, Namchi Bazaar, particularly to um, <clears throat> you know, visit schools and in Kumjung uh, with the Hillary uh, Mallory uh, School. Um, I don't know, I was just so impressed with your ability to uh, like want to pick like a project. And um, like I hear about lots of people doing that, but like you're actually really taking action steps towards that. Can you share a little bit about maybe how you choose to, um, um, you know, how it came about that you um we visited a small school and we saw what we we saw and uh, you know we're we're considering uh, doing some sort of activity uh, with in help with that school and how if we do how it will take place which is also you're not just like throwing money at, at something which is which is great too can you share a little bit yeah well well thanks for the kind words um uh, I, I think. My view is, is if you're you're visiting some of these places, that it's a good idea to you know hopefully contribute back to those places that we're able to get some pleasure from. And uh, um, you know, Nepal's a, a country I've now been to three times. I have a real soft spot for it. It's a, a wonderful place to visit. And in the er earlier trip, and through some of the other things that we'd done with our foundation, we've we met a lady um, named uh, Frances Clatzel, who's from Canmore. Uh, who's lived in Nepal for a number of years and has set up a charity there. And so in at the time we built that school, we were involved with uh, uh, helping Frances with some programs that she did, uh, some microcredit programs and uh, some educational support programs in Kathmandu itself. And and so when we were heading back there, I reached out to, to, to Frances and we were able to um, have dinner. And then, of course, we had a, a coffee with her, with you and Shirley as well. Uh, just brainstorming on some ideas for some projects. And so uh, it was at the top of my mind as we were doing our trek to look out for things. And she had uh, introduced us virtually. Uh, and then we were able to meet with a fellow in Namche Bazaar who, uh, uh, cut, uh, you know, uh, multi-generational family there that's quite active there. And he able, was able to let us see the school and uh, tell us about some of the needs in that community and a bit of the history of uh, how things had developed with the uh, the climbing industry and the trekking and how that's affected the community around there. And so we really we were looking to do something where it wasn't just uh, a gift, but it was more a partnership with people within the community and asked um, uh, this, this uh, fellow as, uh, as well about his ideas on how to do that. And uh, he came up with some good suggestions for potential projects that would involve you know, the local youth group, um, the uh, uh, women's group in the community would involve some contribution from the locals 
and then some contribution for us. And then Francis would oversee the project to help um, uh, improve things at the at the school there. So it's still in the planning stages right now. We're waiting for a, a proposal, but uh, it's great to be able to explore those things and see if we can find a way to, to get back to that place that we were able to visit. I love it. Um, as uh, as we were planning or preparing to go to Nepal, surely not a week or two, ten days prior, um, it occurred to us. Well, let's bring some pencils or sticklers. <laughs> Or a couple of books to like hand out at like you know schools and like do our part and you know we didn't end up doing that <laughs> but no i just want to commend you on your involvement and you know traveling into these third world countries that have a soft spot for you and you know looking for opportunities to uh, maybe build or support awesome work uh, myron in respect of our audience and uh, maybe you know we're kind of clean this up or uh, finish this up shortly um um I guess, uh, you know, it seems to me that, um, well, actually two questions for you, maybe kind of related as we, as we come to a close. Um, <clears throat> about your career, it seems to me that you've like landed in the perfect career for yourself and have done great. But if you, uh, if you had to choose a different career, what would it be? Let me ask you that. And then also maybe in related to that, um, what advice would you give your younger self? Yeah. Uh... Deep questions. I mean, I, I, I'm happy with the path that my career has taken. I, um, I come from a, a family of teachers, and uh, I think I could have easily pursued that, that as a career as well. It's a, an also an important way that could have been an alternate path. I think I was in, um, interested in business from a very young age. Um, you know, even in high school, it was something that I read about and that I wanted to get involved in, but I didn't. Um, it took me a while to find the right path to get into it. And when I was at university, one of my summer jobs was um, uh, running a student painting business. And that was sort of my first taste of the entrepreneurialism. And uh, I think I went into law really as a pathway into business. Mm -hmm. And uh, and it allowed me to then move into the more entrepreneurial things that I've done uh, since then. Um, if I were to give some advice to a younger self, I would... Uh, I'd suggest that what the most important thing is community and relationships. And, and, you know, so much of the, the enjoyment I've got out of my career and, and a lot of the success as well has been able to find uh, mentors who have been very helpful to me and also to build, um, you know, solid relationships with business partners uh, and, and others. So, um, you know, taking that time to get to know people. And it was one of the shifts from law, you know, where you come from a business where you judge your time in, you know, Point, point 0.1 increments of an hour. And so your productivity is measured on how much you're actually sitting there working. Right. And when I left the practice of law, I think it took me a while to shift into that mode that a lot of the of what you need to do is around the strategic thinking and uh, and building those relationships and getting out and being uh, part of doing things. And, and that is is very much part of your work is, is, is that. And that's also one of the things you get uh, pleasure out of is because of those relationships. So that, that would be one thing. Awesome. No, appreciate sharing that. That's great. Byron, um, winding up here, um, is there any last um, ask that you would have of our audience? Like um, anything at all that um, that you'd like to share with the audience or maybe have an ask of the audience? I uh, don't really have an ask, but uh, it's, <laughs> it was a pleasure chatting with you, Brian. I always uh, uh, like getting together with you and uh, being training partners as well, and and through the trip, uh, deepening our friendship with you and uh, and Shirley as well. Through that, was, uh, it was great. It was fantastic. Well, listen, thanks so much for being a guest on the show. We will obviously and continuously be keeping in touch. And um, well, until 
next time until the conversation continues. Thanks once again. Namaste. Thanks, Brian. Well, that was a fun conversation with old friend Myron. Um, you know, I really love what Myron sees a quiet kind of uh, thing. I've pulled a lot of that information out of him over a lot of years and was uh, able to share it with you guys, the listeners. Uh, he divulged that he didn't really know or want or need. He didn't think that uh, I knew so much about him. That was fun. Um, Myron's a real uh, community guy and the idea around that slogan that was a lot really seemed to me that was overused in the 80s as a bit of a cliche um you know um i was a think global act local more than anyone i know myron lives it well folks thanks for listening tuning into the show if you know somebody who would like to be on the show calgary living real estate and lifestyle i would love your suggestions please reach out you know how to find me of course, we will have uh, show notes in the in the notes and um, look for that. Reach out anytime. BH out.